I have a choice of a missing person or a Zodiac killer. Zodiac killer. Okay. By the time this comes out, this might be old news, but they have found out with most certainty who the Zodiac killer is. He has been identified as Gary Francis Post. I think is how you would say it. The reason that they found him is through the team reportedly spent years digging into new forensic evidence and photographs from Post Darkroom, and they seem to have found a photo featuring a scar on the forehead, which matched the scar of the Zodiac sketch. And then they actually deciphered. Remember when I don't know if you're familiar with the Zodiac killer or not. He sent in a bunch of like. Yeah, they were encrypted letters. Yeah, they ended up decrypting it. And it's really cool because they said in order to decipher these codes essentially that he made, they're anagrams with the name. So you would have had to know the name in order to decipher what he had written. Oh, so, so it's him basically saying, if you know who I am, you can read yeah. this. Yeah, which is like, I know it's super smart, right? So once they well, figured really. out, <laughs> well, yeah, they figure out, they figured out that it's him, but he's dead. So nothing's really going to come of it. They just figured out who it was. Okay, so it turns out the real Zodiac killer was just the friends we made along the way. Exactly. And I'm going to show you actually, I can share this. This is okay. the picture of the guy. Hold on. This is him. Oh, man. Did he have a body? No. It was just a head. I understand. And then that's the sketch of the guy. Oh, wow. That is nowhere near what I would expect. It's like kind of him, I guess. I don't know. Anyhow, breaking news even now, like a couple weeks ago. You heard it here at some point, as always. Possibly first. Yeah, it's true. Possibly first, like you. And that's what I have. And with that, a very short intro indeed. The Zodiac Killer was in the 70s, correct? I believe it was the 70s. 60s, 1966. Okay. Yeah, I understand why he is dead almost the 55 years ago. Yeah, that's quite a while. Time gets away and from seeing as how sometimes. most serial killers are at least adults, you'd have to at least be in his 70s at this point. True. Well, he's dead at this point. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. And with that, we can return to the good old banger. Yeah, that it is. From the unexplained to the mundane. Come join us on our journey to the fringe. Hello and welcome to Journey to the Fringe, your parlay into the paranormal, your friends on the fringe, if you will. And today we are going oh. to be moving to a little bit of our roots, as you will see if you ever go back and listen to where we have come from. We originally started with a UFO style review of everything that's out there. And we're going to be heading back. I think this is really the first time we're heading back to UFOs since then, isn't it? Yeah, I guess if you want to call it that. I don't know that I, well, maybe. Well, uh, on my end, at least. Well, Indrid Cold had some UFOs. I think, yeah, other than that. What we're going to focus on a particular 
area within UFO. I think it's at least fair to call everything that we're going to be talking about today UFOs. Yes, we yes. can definitely call it that. Or UAPs, but let's stick to UFOs because it's just a better acronym. Yeah. Right from the start, what we can really say is that UFOs are most commonly seen by pilots. They spend the most time in the sky, therefore they are seeing the most up there. What you might not know is that it's just not pilots seeing them, but UFOs have in fact impacted the airline industry as a whole, or at least in particular areas, more than just pilots seeing them out of the side of their window. Today, we are going to focus on particular airports that have had issues with UFOs and show you the tangible turmoil that a UFO can leave behind, even if it's not even real. I like that. I'm going to focus on a few that happened in China, and Chelsea is going to focus on a few that have happened right in the great continent of North America. Mm -hmm. And without further ado, I plan on going first, Chelsea, just because I think I want to do a build up to what you're going okay. to bring, because they're far better. Okay. We have talked about China a couple times now in, in the paranormal world, and generally it's been based on its folk tales. However, what we're going to talk about today is more based on the actual phenomenons that we see throughout the rest of the world when it comes to UFOs. In 2010, there was a wave of UFO sightings across China that shut down several airports at different points throughout the year. Oh, the first I didn't know one, it was several. Yes. And the weird thing is, I kept reading articles on this, and they kept making reference to this is the eighth sighting that has had impacts on things throughout China this year. And I could only find three of them. So I have no idea what the other ones were referencing. I'm okay. guessing they might have been debunked at this point, And that's why we can't find anything anymore. I find it interesting with other countries too. And sometimes just other things as we've learned when doing research, sometimes they just reference things to which you can find no information on. Yeah, particularly when you don't speak fluent Mandarin or yeah. particularly read characters well yeah which is my case it could pose a problem yeah the first place that we're going to visit here is a town by the name of hangzhou these are all large cities probably the last one's going to be the smallest city but they're all multi-million people cities hangzhou is on the east coast of china just below shanghai Okay. That's the closest city to it. Some people are calling it Southeast China. I think it's kind of Central East China, but it's on the coast and that's the best place to talk about it from. An unidentified flying object forced Xiaoshan Airport in Hangzhou, China to cease operations on July 7th. A flight crew preparing for descent first detected the object around 8.40 p.m. and notified the air traffic control department. Aviation authorities responded within minutes, grounding outbound flights and diverting inbound ones to airports in Ningbo and Wuxi. 18 flights were affected. Though normal operations resumed an hour later, the incident captured the attention of the Chinese media. Hangzhou residents released photos taken in the afternoon before the delays of a hovering object bathed in golden light and exhibiting a comet-like tail. Less than an hour before Xiaoshan Airport shut down, residents said they also saw a flying object emitting red and white rays of light. Resident Ma Shijun was taking a nighttime stroll with his wife when he saw the object. And sorry, I do believe this is going to be a translation, as I just don't feel that Ma Shijun gave this account in English. 
Okay. I felt a beam of light over my head. Looking up, mm -hmm. I saw a streak of bright white light flying across the sky. So I picked up the camera and I took the photo. The time was 8.26 p.m. However, whether the object was a plane or whether it was Xiaoshan Airport's UFO, I don't have a clear answer. He took a photo? Yeah, he took a photo. I could not find the photo unless it is this photo he was referencing, but it also kind of seems off. Okay. Can you like feel the light from the photo? Yeah, kind of. It's this one right oh. here. Oh, you could feel it. Yeah. I guess. But it's also far away, so it doesn't seem like it's his. No, he said overhead. Yeah. That's clearly in the distance. Unless he's confused. I mean, we all yeah. get that sometimes. We all do get confused sometimes. Things being close or far away. Yeah. <laughs> there were a few photos in mm -hmm. the articles, but they never attached where it came from. Mm -hmm. So I can't confirm which one was the photo he took. And he felt the light. I find yes. that interesting. At a later point, the Chinese government came out and said that it was a military exercise. They always do do that. They, yes. Well, not just the Chinese, governments in general. Yeah. From there, and Chelsea, this is a place you're familiar with, Chongqing. Yeah. On August 17th, 2010, not because of power failure or bad weather, but because of a potentially threatening unidentified flying object out of Chongqing, Zhongbei International Airport, August 17th, 2010, not because of power failure or bad weather, but because of potentially threatening unidentified flying object, Zhongbei International Airport was forced to close. Details about the incident remain sketchy, but someone... It's not clear whether it was a pilot, air traffic controller, or people on the ground reported seeing a mysterious UFO hovering over Jiangbei International Airport in southwestern China. It was a white donut-shaped object, and it stayed in the sky for nearly an hour before fading away. Can I just... Should I wait till the end to say this? No, you can ask questions about this. Why would they be conducting military exercises over an airport? I always find that so weird because, like, they have people watching the skies, particularly for things that aren't supposed to be there. Yeah, which is pretty much everything but planes. Yeah, but and so it just also feels planes at the same time. Yeah, that they would be testing it there, and I don't know that I would ask this question if I hadn't already written some stuff and done some research for this episode. Yeah. Okay. Now, the newspaper said that some of the airport workers dismissed the UFO as a huge balloon or Chinese lantern. The article I read did speculate that it was just a very odd looking cloud as it did just disappear at the end. But at the same time, they shut down an international airport for over an hour, at least due to something being there. And that's uh, that's significant. This is in Chongqing, which is a fairly big city in China. I believe yeah. Chongqing is about 12 million people. It's in southwest China in Sichuan province. Yeah, it's a massive city. Yeah, they all are over there. And then to finish this all off in Baotou, which is in Inner Mongolia, which is the <gasps> province. It's the province right below Mongolia. It's literally they have more than Mongolia. one airport in Mongolia? No, it's not in Mongolia. It's in the Chinese area oh, known okay. as Inner Mongolia. Everything I would have known would have been turned upside down. No, it's just was. in Uambatar. Okay. That's the only one they got. Mm-hmm. Although, theoretically, you could really land anywhere in Mongolia. True. Like, it's literally anywhere. Just got to watch out for the Mongolian deathworms. Well, don't go in the Gobi. Go on the grassy parts. Go on the steps. I don't know. I think I'd go with the Gobi if I needed to land somewhere. Okay. I don't know why. Well, you do you. <laughs> I'm clearly not violent. Okay. <laughs> Sand seems softer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. Sand good, grass bad. Yes. Probably like day five of landing your plane class. Yeah. I'd it's be very not, surprised if that instinct one. was right. <laughs> Probably. 
probably be all, all the same. Anyhow, in, in the city of Baotou, which is uh, one of the more northern cities in China, at least it's kind of uh, northwest China, just below Mongolia. On September 11th of 2010, at 8 p.m., there was a aircraft heading for the airport, and it had to land at a secondary airport. It had spotted a UFO, and it said that if it had attempted a landing, it may have led to a collision. What? So that happened at about 8 p.m., and around 9.14 p.m., three flights from Beijing and Shanghai to Baotou were delayed, and the aircraft were forced to circle in the air while waiting to land. Furthermore, the Air China Flight 1107 from Beijing to Baotou landed at the Erdos Airport, and Junyao Airlines Flight 1137 from Shanghai to Baotou landed at the Taiyuan Airport. Wow, because there's just an object hovering there? Yeah, somebody spotted one, and apparently it was significant enough that they had to divert planes to other locations. Was it moving? This one was the hardest to learn anything about, and it's probably because Baotou is the smallest of the cities that we just talked about. Mm -hmm. uh, the Baotou airport did not receive a notice on resuming normal operations until 10 p.m., so it was wow. closed for about two hours. That's significant. To, yeah. So those are the ones I had. In total, they did say there were eight issues that happened in 2010. I could only find significant newspaper articles about those three. But they all happen within the span of three months. In span I was just going to say, they all happen yeah. around the same time. Yeah, they all happen in the same year. About hmm. three months separate the entire thing. I could probably should narrow it down to two months, actually. Like, they shut down international airports each time. That's just something that so rarely happens. It's, it's interesting to see. I wonder if they're related, if they're all around the same time frame. Do you mean, like, time of day-wise? No, I mean, like, UFO-wise. Like, if they're all, like, related since they're in such a small time frame within, like... If it's that they're all off being the same UFO, because these cities are... I don't know if I would mean the same UFO, just related in some way that obviously we wouldn't be able to know. Like, these cities are thousands of kilometers apart. Yeah. We have a UFO one. could probably do it, though. They could. It's just... Not just one, though, but they're all in, like, the same time frame, unless they're, like, different species all coming at once. Yeah. Okay. It would be interesting if they were all related, because I couldn't find anything about sightings in between these cities. They don't necessarily all reference the same thing. And one thing that I did see referenced in a few of these articles is the fact that this was like fairly big in the Chinese media at the time. It could have been a little bit of paranoia or hype with regards to UFOs being seen at airports. Yeah. And just me saying that and what you said about the military, I mean, that could definitely be a connection. Yeah. Unfortunately. But I don't know. I just, Usually the military will also say something prior to an exercise. It doesn't make least, sense, though, with yeah. um, doing an exercise over the airport and shutting down an international airport. Yeah, I am very sad because I believed there were sightings with regards to sky serpents near airports in China. I could not find one. What? And yeah. I could not find one, but mostly because when you Google like airport closure dragon, dragons are predominant airlines. So, oh. yeah. <laughs> well, now I'm disappointed because I didn't know what you were working on. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I've got. That is a one year that is very strange in China with regards to international airports being shut down. Nothing recent? No, that's all I could find with regards to China. Okay. And I do remember I that getting out. shut down, though. Yeah. I saw it on the news somewhere. But now that leads me to mine. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the first one I'm going to start with is LAX, which is the Los Angeles International Airport. 
Going back to September 2020, so this is the recent history. We're five months into the pandemic at this point, and we're worrying about normal pandemic things. But American Airlines pilot a flight 1997 from Philadelphia to LAX flying a Boeing 747 is worrying about a guy in a jetpack that he has just spotted at around 3,000 feet. And the following conversation ensues. For those of you that didn't just hear this, I'm going to do a dramatic rendition. So by the way, I'm going to use an abbreviation for air traffic controller, which is ATC, because I didn't know what that was. I had to Google it. So <laughs> pilot says, American 1997, we just passed a guy in a jetpack, ATC. You know what that means. American 1997. Okay. Thank you. Were they <laughs> off to your left side or right side? Pilot, off to the left side, maybe 300 yards or so, about our altitude. So that's when another pilot from another aircraft chimes in. So here's the other pilot. He says, we just saw the guy passing by is in the jetpack. So air traffic control decides to take quick action and warns the other planes. ATC says, JetBlue 23, use caution. Person in a jetpack reported 300 yards south of the LA final at about 3,000 feet, 10-mile final. Pilot says, JetBlue 23, we heard and we are definitely looking. Was okay. he, is he being condescending then? <laughs> they No, I think it piqued their interest. They're like, wow, a guy in a jetpack. We really need to see this because we've never seen it before. Upon asking American Airlines about the sighting, American Airlines said, this is not the dramatic rendition, by the way, this is just the story. American Airlines says to ask the Federal Aviation Administration about the sighting, who they say asked the Los Angeles Police Department, who they say they never received a thing and know nothing. So then fast forward to October 14th at 1.45 p.m., China Airlines crew reports seeing someone in a jetpack at an approximate altitude of double the first guy, 6,000 feet, and he's seven miles northwest of LAX. And you think it's over, but it's not. Maybe you didn't think it was over. Maybe I guessed. December 21st, 2020, there's a video captured of Jetpack Man by a pilot on an instructional flight with Sling Pilot Academy, where they encountered and captured video of the UFO or UFM man. Maybe. Identified flying man? Yeah. He's flying at approximately 3,000 feet in the vicinity of Palos Verdes and Catalina Island, just south of LA. And I do have that for all the lucky people watching live if they are. Oh, there he is. He's a little dot. Yeah. There he goes. I don't know. Just looking at this, okay. I don't know if you can tell that it's a guy. He looks vertical, though. Like not like up and like, down. I, yeah, I didn't picture. Yeah. I pictured him being horizontal, like oh, really? as a jetpack pushing him forward. But that was yeah, straight he's vertical. Like, yeah, he's straight vertical flying, and that's how I imagined him the whole time. I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't picture him any other way. I guess he could have been, but no, he's straight up and down, and he's vertical. So those are basically the sightings. So I'm just gonna ask the questions that I was asking myself, like why. Why is this a big deal? Why were people talking about it? Why were people upset or worried? Or as we saw in the first video, if you were lucky enough to see it, if you're watching live, they said, do we believe the pilots? Like what? I don't even know what that guy was talking about. Of course, we believe the pilots. So number one, people slash jetpacks slash anything other than certain planes cannot operate in restricted airspace. 
such as where this jetpack man was flying or hanging out within a few hundred yards of the LAX approach path, where I don't know that he was doing anything particularly bad on that instructional one by Catalina Island. I think it was just a sighting, but the other two were quite controversial because he was in restricted airspace. So not only is it a breach of airspace, you're also putting yourself and commercial aircraft carrying hundreds of passengers at risk of a collision, obviously, first of all. Second thing, most jetpacks, and to be honest, I didn't really know that jetpacks were a thing before I had to go and research this. They can only fly between a few hundred feet up to about 2,500 feet. Yeah, because you're worrying about oxygen at that point. Yeah, and then on the train of thought, most jetpacks don't have enough fuel to reach more than a mile of altitude, like the China Airlines sighting, which was 6,000. I did find an interview from a chief executive of Jetpack Aviation in California who created jetpacks capable of reaching 15,000 feet. And he told Los Angeles Times his jetpacks can only reach around 1,000 to 1,500 feet safely because of fuel constraints. Yeah, generally, if you watch videos on jetpacks, if they're at any significant altitude, they're not taking off from the ground. They're being like basically dropped out of a plane like a parachute. Oh, I had no idea. Okay, that makes sense. I'm glad you and, know. And Thanks. again, this they is look, my research on jetpacks. These guys get brought up by helicopter to a height to be dropped off. It looks super creepy. And specifically, when you were watching that video that that guy took of the jetpack man, they didn't have these wingsuits on. <laughs> I like that shot. <laughs> yeah, they look very casual. So that was my, I found that interesting. This is one thing I don't know if you've looked up before. No. But just so we're all on the same page with the way drone technology is going, <laughs> um, you can get just remote controlled things that look like humans. So that was my best guess of what's been going on. But at the same time, like that's still a significant height to be at. It is. And Even to be honest, I don't know where I've been living. Maybe it's just that this is not anywhere I've been poking around, in particular in aviation, where what's been going on in my mind. But I, like I said, I didn't even know jetpacks were a thing. They're still not. Don't worry. So any of this, this is all research I've done. I didn't know you can jump out of a plane and do what those guys were doing. They look, I like that shot of them flying alongside the planes, by the way. They can go pretty fast. This chief executive of Jetpack Aviation also says that to fly up to 6,000 feet from the ground, to fly around long enough to be seen by a China Airlines pilot, and then descend again, you'd be out of fuel. Like that. He also commented that it is unlikely that there's anyone working on technology that could do a flight from the ground level to 3,000 feet and then come back down again due to this reason. And if it's a real jetpack, it's noisy and people would have heard it take off and land. He also commented that whoever flew this probably built it themselves. That being said, Vince Refist of Jetman Dubai reach 6,000 feet altitude operating one of its wing jetpacks before deploying a parachute and landing safely. So he didn't like, I mean, he did make it safely to the ground. He just, yeah, he made it up, but he couldn't make it back with the- And uh, nobody sighted a parachute. And he also died in a training accident nine months later. I don't know that that was pertinent to the story. No. (laughs) But here it is. Here's That's what happens when you go up to 6,000 feet. Yeah. 
nine months later. Number three, I did some more research on this and it seems that for jetpacks reaching the extreme heights, it would require a pilot's license. And you would think that since all drones bigger than 0.55 pounds need to be registered with the FAA, it also can only operate in daylight hours, flying at or below 400 feet above the ground, avoiding restricted airspace, etc. I even see when I drive to the airport, it says no drones allowed. And I assume that means jetpacks too. Those are the important rules. And this would be much the same for jetpacks, you would think. So why can't they track the mysterious man down? Especially if it's something that has to be registered with the FAA. He seems like he will be fairly easy to track. Like somebody would see him land. That's exactly what they say. So people are feeling suspicious about the jetpack man for a few reasons. I think everyone's assuming he's the same guy. What is someone's motive for doing this, especially since they can be looking at some serious fines flying in restricted airspace? And why has no one come forward saying, I know that person, or I saw this dude take off in a jetpack, and especially if it's so noisy, and why would someone be flying over the ocean where it wouldn't attract much attention? In theory, I guess, because there is a video, and close to commercial airliners, which is super dangerous. Like, why? Why would they be doing that? There may or may not be a simple answer to this. The American Airlines pilot was shown this video that I'm going to show you. So sorry for everybody who cannot see this. It's a man vertically standing more or less with two fans attached. One fan attached to each Fans, side I them. guess you would yeah. call them. And it's it's a drone, essentially. And it's shaped like a man standing vertically as we... But- also, that should be registered with the FAA. Exactly, as I just said, because it's a yeah. drone, right? But that doesn't mean it is registered exactly. with the FAA. It just should be. The, yeah, and what is the point of this, right? Yeah. They show the American Airlines pilot this video, and he did say, yes, this looks similar to what I saw, which obviously it would. That looks similar to what I saw as well. That doesn't mean that that's the right answer. I mean, take with it what you will. Like we said, it's a drone-shaped man. And I mean, to me, it doesn't really give me any answers as to why it was flying where it was in restricted airspace and who was flying it because obviously this drone would have had to be registered with the FAA. To me, it's still a mysterious mystery. Any thoughts on the LAX? I am very excited for him to pop up the next time because I don't think this will be the last. I doubt it. And this is all stuff that's just been happening like over the last recent future. So I have no doubt that he'll pop up again. He may have just been somebody that was working from home and just like. That was his COVID project. Yeah, that was his COVID project. Was when like people jetpacks. ask what you did at home during the lockdown. He just says, oh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> stuff. Well, you can't say jetpacks at that point. No. No, Stop. people are going to talk about that. Maybe he was really excited, but like the first person he heard talking about it was like, you know how much legal trouble this guy's in? <laughs> yeah. And now he's like, and then mm-hmm. he just did the shifty. Yeah. Eye. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, so that's my that dude's totally in trouble. <laughs> Wouldn't want to be him right now. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> so that's Jetpack Man. And now I'm going to move into something. I don't even know. I was going to say like way cooler, but it's I don't know if it's way cooler. I, I think it's way more, spookier. It's more spooky. And it's also more solidified in the lore of the airport. Mm. 
I was so excited when I started reading this because I couldn't believe, first of all, that I missed this. Like I said, I don't know where I live. I just live up in my head doing my own little thing. But this is right up your alley. When I told you about this and you're texting me about it, I was so surprised that you had no idea. I'm so excited. And this is going to lead to some other stuff. Like in the near future, we have to do an episode on this. And by this, I mean, I'll tell you what it is when I get to it. So this one is Chicago O'Hare Airport, ORD. First of all, I just can't not mention that in my search for O'Hare, you know, when you type in like airport plus like serpent, like you were doing, like whatever airport it was plus serpent, you get all these articles, you got serpent airlines or whatever, Dragon Airlines. Dragon Airlines. Yeah. So if I type in O'Hare plus humanoid, I got a search titled shipment of 18 human heads found at Chicago's O'Hare airport. Oh, it was a prominent one that I got. I'm not going to tell you what it's about. I just wanted to tell you that that was a major search. I have other stuff to talk about, not just that. I do just want to add. <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> That's what you wanted to add. <laughs> both sneezes. Bless you. <laughs> but I do just want to add at this point that I did find it kind of funny that we're doing something on like strange things that have happened at airports. And the Denver airport doesn't make the list. It's actual weird things happening, just not weird airports. Okay, I feel like we could do a whole other episode on weird airports because this got me to thinking and I did some Googling and there's more airports than just this that have weird things. Yeah. Just for the future. Okay, so now that all that's out of the way, the sneezes and such, (laughs) I know that this is about flying humanoid type UFO things, but O'Hare Airport, this isn't even, I think, the direction you wanted to take it which was what I'm going to touch on briefly here. But I was not expecting what I found along with what I'm actually talking about. So I'm not sure if this has anything to do with what the main topic is here. But there's a lot going on at this, like a lot of stuff to unpack at O'Hare Airport. I may not touch on... And sorry, have we actually said O'Hare is outside of Chicago? Like it's the main airport. Did I say Chicago? Sorry, Chicago. There's some stuff that I may not touch on. So this would make a really good episode where airports just like we were talking about. I did some Googling and there's definitely some other airports we could touch on for weird airports. So first, in and around 2009, there is a very controversial thing that happened at Chicago O'Hare Airport and very exciting at first. So Chicago Airport was slated for an expansion, which included another runway, which encountered a very big problem. The runway expansion, exactly where they wanted to put it, had a cemetery, which was St. Johannes Cemetery, directly right where this expansion needed to go. Very controversial thing. Lots of protests, lots of stuff. So people were (laughs) protesting? Oh, yeah. It went all the way to the Illinois Supreme Court. They were very upset. Were they, they, wanted, were they scared of a haunted airport? They wanted to move the cemetery. And it was the people who had loved ones at the cemetery who were very upset. They didn't want their loved ones moved. So they did end up winning. And they did end up digging up all the bodies, which was roughly 15,000 graves. That's a huge and, cemetery. Yeah. And they moved it to now where its new home is next to the cargo hangers. So it's still close by. Did like they I said, bury it, the bodies. 
It did. Okay. Um, and it in wasn't reading just the articles, the they did say that they were very well taken care of. A lot of people were very impressed because if they didn't like the new resting spots, some of them did pay to have them shipped to other cemeteries where they would be happier. Okay. I was just worried they were in the cargo hangar. They're not. They are okay. very close by the cargo hangar. It's still a very big cemetery, and it's still very close by. It's now called Rest Haven Cemetery, which I don't know if that's good luck to change the name. You may even be able to catch a glimpse as you land. Wave hello. So anyway, it doesn't really lead me to my actual topic, but it's just a nice little tidbit about the Chicago O'Hare Airport. You're probably landing on a cemetery that was dug up if you're flying there. But it was dug up. This is not was dug up. like poltergeist. Yeah, they didn't just like put the runway over it. They moved it to still at the airport. You but know. not in the cargo hangar. Beside yeah. the cargo hangar. Beside the cargo hangar. It's like in there around that area. So still very close to the airport affecting those people. So I don't think it, it has anything to do with it. I just found it an interesting thing. So what I'm actually talking about is the Mothman of Chicago O'Hare specifically, which we surprisingly have yet to talk about the Mothman. I was actually, I'm, when you're talking about the expansion going into something, I thought it was going to be a protected Mothman environment. No, they might <laughs> as well have lands? one Austin, based on what I'm talking Mothman. about. Based on what I'm talking about, they probably should have one. But I'm surprised we haven't talked about Mothman. We probably will in the future. I don't even know that we need to talk about Point Pleasant. I think there's plenty to talk about, which I had no idea. I thought everything being cited outside of Point Pleasant was kind of hearsay and just kind of made up. Turns out it's not. And there is a shitload of stuff to unpack with this. So I'd be really excited to talk about this in the future, apparently. Illinois and the lakes around that are a hotbed of activity. So yeah, not about Point Pleasant, which makes it the most famous. O'Hare International Airport has been the epicenter of recent winged humanoid sightings in the Lake Michigan Mothman investigations with over a dozen sightings reports coming from the airport itself since August 2019 at least. However, right now I'm only doing Chicago, so maybe on the next one we would be interested in doing the Lake Michigan Mothman sightings. Basically, I'm just going to go through a few encounters here. Since these are recent, there's really good eyewitness accounts, and they have, like I said, there's dozens of them. We're going to start 2019, November 26. A truck driver allegedly has a sighting of a creature at O'Hare while he's picking up a car cargo shipment as he did this frequently. This is a quote directly from the man. I was at the airport picking up a load at Nippon. I was already backed into the dock and was standing away from the truck smoking a cigarette while they loaded my truck. I was looking toward the runways in the direction of the tunnel and that is when I noticed something that looked like a large bird standing just outside of the fence by the parking lot. It was not hard to miss because two street lamps were nearby. It looked like a person with wings that were stretched out and flapping. It was walking away from the fence towards the open field and then began to flap its wings and disappeared, end quote. Ew, that is so gross. I don't even know what I would do with it myself like a in person that situation. And it just flew away. Flapping its wings. Blech. Did he describe the wings? Were they... Um... No. Okay. This is a very brief one. I've... Am I t picturing a weather, a leathery wing? Like a or bat am wing. I picturing I a bug wing? Uh, to me, I mean, he's Mothman. So, I mean, Mothmen have like little feathery wings, kind of. Oh, I can't Shouldn't believe I'm talking about wings? this right now. 
Yeah, I don't like this topic. But to me, I personally picture bat wings, like leathery wings. But I think maybe one of the other ones goes into detail about this. Oh, this is so disturbing. Not Mothman, just wings. How do you feel about the band wings? They're... They don't creep don't you know. out, though? A little. Oh. So <laughs> I did hear... This is what I wanted to say. I did listen to a few podcasts about these encounters. Excuse me. This particular sighting, I heard in the podcast go into a lot more detail of what happened, like post where I ended, like more after that. I couldn't find anything in the actual eyewitness report saying that anything further happened. So I'd like to put more in here, but I just couldn't verify the information. What I heard was interesting, but... I mean, that's as far as I got with verifiable information that I could find anywhere. On the Chinese airport stuff, there was a lot of added stuff that I just felt like it couldn't be corroborated anywhere. So I don't know if I should even put that in there that I'm leaving stuff out. If you want to, I mean, go search for it. I I think it just makes it so that you're, you're saying this is what I could verify. Yeah. I can't put that in without verifying it. So that leads me to a next sighting, which is September 24th, 2020. Around 11 p.m., a U.S. Postal Service worker who was a 17-year veteran had a sighting, and she submitted her account anonymously to UFO Clearinghouse, which I hadn't heard of it until this research particularly. They seem to be around the same as MUFON. They take reports. Quite I, a- I think they take reports. I wouldn't put them on the same level as MUFON, though. I wouldn't put them on the same level, and that's not what I thought. But I saw a few things where people had submitted their report to MUFON and opted to go to UFO Clearinghouse. I'm not sure why, but... Well, I'm um, going to have to do some research into them then. Yeah, like I... there's, I'll give you one in here that was a MUFON report, and the person opted to take their report to UFO Clearinghouse. And it doesn't say why because it was MUFON's report and it has a MUFON file number and they opted not to talk to MUFON. They went somewhere else. So this is the U.S. Postal Service worker. So this is her direct account. I had just left work at the USPS sorting facility at O'Hare Airport at about 11 p.m. on Thursday, the 24th of September, and was walking out to my car when I saw something standing at the far end of the parking lot where I usually park. At first, I thought it was a very tall person with a long coat. As I got closer to my car, I unlocked my car, which caused my headlights to come on. My headlights hit the person standing about 20 to 25 feet from my car, causing it to turn and look right at me. I saw that this was not some person, but some red-eyed creature. And what appeared to be a coat was actually wings, which it spread out as it turned to look at me. At first, I thought it was some kind of very, very large bird, but I've never seen any bird that stood almost seven feet tall. I'm five foot four, and this thing looked taller than me by at least two feet. This thing then started making some type of chirping sound, almost a half chirp and then half click like someone was clicking their tongue, but much faster. It then made some type of screeching sound and took off running toward me. It got to within 10 feet of me and took off into the air and flew above me. 
I was screaming hysterically as I crouched down behind the car and opened the door and I dove into my car head first. I was in near panic as I tried to start the car, close and lock the doors and turn on my interior lights. I started my car and took off out of the parking lot and flew down the road till I hit the main road. I got home and told my husband who also works at the same facility and he was the one who told me about the sightings of this thing. I was scared shitless and hope I never see this thing again. This thing is roaming around the area scaring people half to death and I hope the airport people decide to do something about this thing someday. So here we get the idea that the airport is well aware and that all the workers in this area of the airport are well aware this thing is lurking around. Have you noticed that these are both in the cargo areas? I have now, yes. Yeah, now that I've pointed it out, it's quite evident. Yes. <laughs> Almost too evident, if you ask me. Exactly. Almost as if somebody pointed it out. Yes. And <laughs> has catered this evidence accordingly. Exactly. And might I also point out that while I did not read anything that this is all related, the cemetery is actually in the cargo area of the O'Hare International Airport as well. Sorry, what? But I've never heard that have the cemetery. Yeah, we we knew that. Yeah. You've told us that many times. Okay, I'm just saying it now, again in case nobody um, was listening. This probably didn't come up in your research, but was there a cor- was there a correlation with sightings of this humanoid creature at the old cemetery? Uh, no, no, I don't think Not so. Not known. Okay. Because this is happening since at least 2019. And the old cemetery was restarted around 2009. I couldn't actually pin groundbreaking date or anything on the new cemetery. Okay. Now, and just so you know, there was a UFO sighting at O'Hare in 2006 that shut down the entire airport. Okay, I didn't see that. Okay. I guess I got too caught up on the Mothman once I saw a Mothman and got excited about it. Okay. I don't want to spoil anything. Let's just keep listening. July 22nd, 2021. This is the one. It has a MUFON file number. He took his statement. I mean, MUFON took the statement. He submitted his report and he he did go over to the UFO clearhouse. I'm a part of the ground crew for a major air cargo facility at O'Hare. I'm loading a cargo plane that had just recently arrived and there are about eight other people working both in and out of the plane plus one or two supervisors watching over the operation. I was operating one of the lifts that lifts cargo containers down from the plane to the ground. It was about 10 at night when the call came over our radios that there was a report of an unknown person being seen on the tarmac near the fence. I began looking around and saw a large man standing approximately 50 feet away from us near the fence separating us from the road. He must have been close to 7 feet tall and thin with a large pair of black winds that were at least 10 feet across and with bright red eyes. He was wearing what looked like a black coat and was just standing there and he appeared to be observing us and did not appear to move towards us at all. The entity just stood there, slowly moving its wings back and forth. I radioed my supervisor that I saw someone over by the fence and my supervisor ran over to where I was at. By this time, the entire ground crew was aware of this man's presence and was radioing in their supervisors. It must have been no more than 20 seconds after that that the first of many airports security vehicles showed up. One approached the man from the other side 
side of the fence, while another two drove past us and stopped short of the man, who by this time was easier to see with the car lights on him. It did not look like any man I've ever seen. He was solid black and had red eyes that must have been reflecting the lights like cat's eyes. It also had wings that were now spread open and must have been 15 feet from tip to tip. This man let out a loud screech. It sounded a lot like a barn owl when it tried to warn you away. This man then started flapping its wings and took off. You could hear the sound of the wings as it took off into the air. I saw the entity circle around twice before heading off toward the runways and into the night. I was honestly scared for my life. I started to pray for protection. I know in this world that demons walk among us and I was certain that whatever this thing was, it had to be demonic and an agent of the devil. A lot of my co-workers were also very frightened after this took off and many of them ran inside the safety of the plane when it took off. I'm certain that this was a demon and I must have just been sent here to frighten us. The witness said after the encounter that we were told to get back to work and not to talk about any of what just happened. The witness said that they were pulled into a meeting the next day and told that it was nothing more than a large owl or heron and that they were explicitly told not to talk to anyone from the media or investigators regarding this sighting and that disciplinary measures would be strictly enforced including termination. He said that his direct supervisor along with a company executive were at this meeting and were told to forget the entire episode and focus solely on their work. He did a stylish drawing on his cell phone so that's what this is. If you can see it. So there were gaps in the wings there. I think. Looks like he's deciphering between the body of it with the wing. Maybe he's just shaped like a jack-o'-lantern though. Ah, I see it. <laughs> I also found it interesting that he says that the eyes were glowing. Yeah, that red. seems to be the common feature. Everybody says it's red glowing eyes. And yeah, and then he assumes that it's reflecting the light like a cat. Yeah. And remember in Bigfoot when we made a distinction between the two? Between that's typical with like nocturnal animals that they do the light reflection. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's not something that happens to all creatures either because with eye glow. Yeah. Like you know, I hit a moose when I was younger with my car, hmm. and moose's eyes do not reflect light. So they mm -hmm. are incredibly hard to see at night and also perfect height to nearly kill you. Nearly. Only nearly, though. Well, it yeah. depends on the car. Oh, yeah. Most cars. Yeah, it kills you. Yeah, I do have another sighting. I have another couple and then that's it. And okay. we pause for closing comments. So these do obviously go on and on. I wanted to take ones that kind of made a certain point to the story I'm telling of what's going on. I even have one reported from... September 28th, 2021, which was one, two, three maybe three ago. weeks ago. Sorry, so, probably about a month and a half ago when this comes out. Okay, yeah. I guess that's telling to when we're recording. A security guard was working at a construction area near the airport where he works a usual quiet shift. Usually quiet shift. Around 1 a.m., when, as usual, not a whole lot was going on, he was sitting with his window open when movement out of the corner of his eye catches his attention. So he gets out to investigate, as is his job, and he's walking around. He gets to an area where dump trucks are loaded and he sees more movement, and that's when he sees a large, roughly 7.5 foot tall, dark, black figure with glowing red eyes just standing there. I can't even imagine. I don't even know what I do. I can't imagine seeing anything like that. Maybe he was moving before, but not now. 
Now he's standing with outstretched wings, slowly flapping open and shut. The dude yells out to it and shines his light on it because that's his job. And then all of a sudden, the entire area is lit up in a bright bluish white light. So bright that the equipment appears in the yard like it was midday. It's that lit up. So when he looked back at the figure, it was gone and a large boomerang shaped object was moving away in the air, of course. The ship had white lights on it and was only about 60 feet in the air. It got higher as it moved away, and then in a fraction of a second, it was gone. The guy sat in his truck, headlights on, doors locked until the sun came up and his shift ended. And obviously, he was terrified. And he says he served in Afghanistan, and it was the scariest experience of his life. And he's certain if the creature wanted to hurt him, it would have. Which is something I'd also like to point out in all of these sightings. That it just seemed to kind of be observing in all of them. And it so, almost seems to want to get the attention. In yeah, all which is super strange, right? And that's why I like, like this to just one. be standing there flapping. Yeah, and that's why I included this one. I mean, it's not out of the ordinary of anything that I've read to you so far. He just makes the observation that he was in a fairly, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like, if it wanted to attack him, it could have. There was no one around. Vulnerable. Yeah. Vulnerable. He was in a fairly vulnerable position. And if it wanted to do something, it could have. There was no one around. It was dark slash really light. As far as we know, there's no, like, account of attacks and or deaths from no. And you would think something to bring up, which is interesting, it doesn't specifically say this correlation in everything that I've written and read the accounts of, but these are things that are known to be around the Chicago O'Hare airport. There's been more than a dozen sightings of them and they've never been known, obviously, because no one specifically says it, that they've attacked anybody. You just know that there's this creepy mothman lurking around the airport. Now, that construction worker, was he working around the cargo bay? Or was that um, This was just unknown. off the cargo area in like a construction area where they do their loading like cement trucks and stuff like that. So he's hired. He's not airport security or anything like that. He was an outside company hired to watch this construction site just okay. close to the airport. I do have another brief encounter and I'm bringing up for a reason, I'm pretty sure. Let's read it and find out. I was coming up to the road towards the exit after getting off my shift at Delta Cargo. As I approached the curve by United Cargo, I noticed about eight security vehicles that had gathered around. As I approached, I saw something fly over the fence and head towards the runways. And it was it an looked, airplane, right? Yes, but it wasn't. It looked like no. a giant man. <laughs> They were confused. <laughs> it looked like a giant man with large wings, but I only saw it for a second or two before it was gone. I actually got out of my car and tried to take a picture before it flew out of range of my camera, but within a second or two of me getting out of my car, I had somebody yelling at me to get back in my car and get the heck out of there. I did as I was told and left, and as I was driving out, more security vehicles were showing up. I decided to report this when I saw other people were coming forward about what happened that night. The man also commented that everyone is well aware of these sightings and that many of them are swept under the rug, and he is not so surprised that many of the witnesses were told that this is not a misidentified bird while also being told to not speak to anybody about it. That is my Chicago Mothman sightings in a nutshell. I would love to do more because there are plenty of these in the Chicago area and the great 
is Chicago on the Great Lakes? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's that on Lake Michigan. Area, that area is just a hot spot for them right now. There are tons of sightings and I started reading them and I thought, no, I'm going to save a surprise for when we do the research on it. But there was just so many and I just want to, I always try to find as much as I can to show different parts of what's happening. But obviously at Chicago O'Hare Airport, they're very well aware of the Mothman sightings that are happening. I, for one, would not work there. For one, because I don't live in Chicago. That'd be a really It would be a really shitty commute. And number two, they have Mothman. (laughs) That's it. Any closing thoughts on that? I just curious how far back we could really go with mothman sightings in that area in this area i did copy and paste there was a little few things that crossed in my research i did write down in the area i think it is a little bit longer than this i don't know it's quite as long as point pleasant in west virginia but the sightings happening there right now into present are plentiful Okay. Now, and you okay if I just go over the 2006 issue that happened at O'Hare? Yeah. Should go pretty quick. Yeah. At approximately 4.15 p.m. on November 7th, 2006, federal authorities at Chicago O'Hare International Airport received a report that a group of 12 airport employees were witnessing a metallic saucer-shaped craft hovering over gate C-17. The object was first spotted by a ramp employee who was pushing back United Airlines Flight 446 which was departing Chicago for Charlotte, North Carolina. The employee apprised Flight 446's crew of the object above their aircraft. The object was also witnessed by pilots, airline management, and mechanics. No air traffic controller saw the object, and it did not show up on radar. Witnesses described the object as completely silent, 6 to 24 feet in diameter, and a dark gray color. Hmm. Several independent witnesses outside of the airport also saw the object. One described a disc-shaped craft hovering over the airport stating that it was obviously not clouds according to the witness the object shot through the clouds at high velocity leaving a clear blue hole in the cloud cover the hole reportedly seemed to close itself shortly afterwards the disc was visible for approximately five minutes and was seen by close to a dozen united airlines employees ranging from pilots to supervisors who heard chatter on the radios and raced out to view it Hmm. so sorry i guess it didn't shut down but it was a significant ufo sighting i'm surprised that i didn't come across that but after i did the shipment of 18 human heads found at chicago's o'hare airport you specialized yeah i found humanoid and mothman i kind of just had like tunnel vision tunnel vision on mothman so i didn't look at that but mothman did also coincide with a ufo sighting interesting which is interesting but yeah i'm glad that you were able to find that and share that because there i couldn't even believe what was going on at o'hare airport yeah and i've heard anecdotal stories on other podcasts about this being a like a long time thing at o'hare oh really yeah i didn't find that but then again i just wanted to find all the mothman stories yeah but yeah i'm sure there's more areas out there in the world that have these kind of issues at airports but these are just a few we wanted to highlight for you the listener and for us the talkers yeah the talkers should you have your own airport ufo based story please feel free to reach out and talk to us be very happy to discuss it or if you're flying into chicago in the near future or a recent past, or the past in general, and have seen the cemetery, seen a mothman, 
seen a ufo i am surprised with the gender neutraling terms we haven't changed it to moth person yet everyone says moth man though but you bring up a good point how do we know if the we moth is a boy or a girl gender. yeah we are i cannot right. this is I cannot wrong gender a moth either i have yeah, no idea this how is to wrong. gender a moth this is wrong you're right it should be moth person now that yeah. you're bringing it out into the light so i i think from now on we are going to talk about it as the moth, moth person. person yeah you're right you're right Things need to change. But for now, we are going to leave the hotly contentious what genitals does Mothman have? And we will touch on it at a later date. Yeah. Thank you for listening and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Journey to the Fringe. If you have liked what you have listened to, please like, share, subscribe, or follow, depending on what venue you are listening to us through. Also, please, if possible, leave a five-star review as that really helps us in the algorithms. Should you wish to interact with us, please check us out on your social media of choice. I bet you we are there. And if you really want to communicate with us and give us ideas for new episodes or tell us that we're wrong and terrible, either way, please send us an email at journeytothefringe at gmail.com. For now, I'll see you in the next episode. Yeah.